You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Road Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters. And now joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit, the coach, Jack Thigpen. What up, bud? Good morning. Good morning. Y'all all right today? Yeah, we're doing real well. Uh, we got you fired up last week in high school basketball, talking about neutral site games and, of course, having home court advantages. I'll see if I can get you riled up again today. How's that? <laughs> well, I kind of got off the radio, and I thought, well, I shouldn't have said all of that. Maybe I need to be calmed <laughs> down a little bit. But <laughs> all right, how about we start with this? How about Middle Tennessee and perhaps uh, the Cajuns getting uh, left out of the NCAA tournament if they do not win their conference tournaments? What do you think You know, and that's that? another thing. I, yeah, I think that would <laughs> certainly be a shame. But, you know, it's a reality that that certainly could happen. Uh, and, I, and I really do think it's a shame that these teams like this, you know, when you finish – eighth or seventh or something in your conference, do you really deserve to go to the NCAA tournament over a team like a Middle Tennessee or, or, or a, you know, Raging Cajuns or somebody like that? I, I don't really think so, but that's what happens. These, these big big conferences get these teams. Some of them don't even have winning records in their conference uh, play, and they end up in the NCAA tournament. And Of course, we're all looking at it from a mid-majors viewpoint because that's what we live in down here. We live in the mid-major world, and we just don't really feel like it's fair. And I certainly don't think it's fair, but, you know, I guess the powers that be, that's what they do. All right, Jack, let's look at uh, the Dunkin' Dog squad first. Uh, They're certainly limping into the conference tournament. What do you make of this Tech team now going to the Conference USA tournament as a number 10 seed? Well, my opinion, I guess, kind of changed a little bit in the course of the game down at Southern Miss. The first half, uh, Tech just didn't seem like they came to play, to be perfectly honest with you. They just kind of seemed like they were going through the motions. I thought Southern Miss really came to win the game, played extremely well the first half. Tech was just just was not there. Uh, they were one for 15 from the three-point line, and it wasn't just the fact that they weren't shooting the ball well. They just didn't have a lot of energy and effort. Uh, their defense was not very good. They just kind of going through the motions. Uh, and, I, and I was real disappointed. And I thought, well, they've thrown in the towel. They thought they they ready to finish the season. Then they came out in the second half, and they just turned it completely around. They played extremely well. Uh, their defense picked up. Of course, obviously, their shooting picked up. They closed that lead down to two points. It was a 23-point lead at halftime. They had it down to two with uh, just about two minutes to go in the game and just couldn't quite finish it out and end up losing. But if, they are, if they've decided there at halftime that they're not ready for this season to be over, uh, they've played as well in the conference tournament as they did in the second half against Southern Miss, you know, they could very easily win a game or two in that tournament. And, and I certainly hope that that's the case. And, uh, and I hope that they'll, they'll come out with the same energy in the conference tournament as they did in the second half at Southern Miss. We can only imagine what that conversation sounded like at half when they were down by 17, down as much as uh, 24. Coach, when you fall behind by that much, and, of course, you, you rally back and you back into the ball game, a lot of times we talk about the energy that it takes to come back. Uh, is there any truth to that, Just uh, or, or does all the momentum on your side at that point? Well, there is some truth, I think, to the fact that you've got to – you, you do expend so much energy coming back, and sometimes you do kind of get to that point that you relax a little bit. I think there is some truth to that. But, uh, you know.
you know, you, you do. You just have to get your get yourself motivated and get yourself turned around and going. And and you're right. I'm, I'm sure Coach Conklin had something to say about that at halftime. And he and but a lot of it's on the players. You know, they they've got to get themselves. And I heard Coach Conklin made a comment on our post game show that he didn't do a very good job of getting the guys ready to play to start the game. But you know, at that level, it's not up to the coach to get them ready to play. It's up to the players. You know, they you got to get yourselves ready to play. I I just don't understand how. Uh, a team doesn't get themselves ready to play. You spend all this time practicing and conditioning and all of that, and then you get ready to play a game. And I realize it's a long game. It's more than, you know, 10 or 12 games. You end up playing 30 games a year or whatever. But still, here you are down at the end of the season. The season's fixing to be over. You would think they could get themselves ready to play. And, you know, I think it's on the players to get ready. And, and then in that second half, uh, you know, at halftime, I think Coach Conkle did get their attention, and, and they got themselves ready to play again coming out that second half. But you do expend a lot of energy. There's no question trying to catch up. All right, Jack, from a coach who won a, a ton of games in the high school ranks and, of course, a state championship, we're getting ready now for the state semifinals. We have seven area teams still in the hunt for titles. We moved down to Lake Charles. Explain us the difference when you go from a small gymnasium or perhaps even a bigger one with a wall behind the basket and then going into one of these arenas where that's not the case. How does that change your perspective? Well, as a player, uh, it certainly does It does make a difference. Uh, you know, you're shooting all year basically with a background right behind the goal or wall or, or in most cases, a, a wall right behind there. And then all of a sudden you go out there and you look and it's like the backboard is just hung out there in midair. And it does make a lot of difference. And then, of course, the space on the sides, the perspective of everything, it, it, it does make a difference. Now, as far as... Uh, the way you change your way you play the game, I don't think you change. that makes any difference. But it does give you a perspective on shooting the basketball. And, and sometimes teams adjust and some teams don't. And you do see that sometimes in games like played in those big arenas that some teams come out there and they can't hit the broad side of a barn. And a lot of it's because of the perspective. Other teams adjust a little bit better. Uh, but it, it does make a difference. It, it really does. And, uh, you know, it just kind of depends on which teams can adjust the quickest. I know you're going to be uh, busy with the uh, Louisiana Tech basketball. Probably can't make it down to the state championships. But is there a team or two that you'd like to see, uh, of course, make a run at this championship? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I really haven't studied it that much. No, I will not be able to go, and I hate that because I really do enjoy going and watching those ball games. Uh, of course, Ravel here close to home, I, I really enjoyed watching them play when I get got a chance to do that early in the year, and I certainly would love to see them play again. And, and wish them all the luck in the world. Of course, Washburn's going back back down there. And they, hey, Casey Jones does a great job with those guys. And uh, you know, I've got a a friend of mine that has a son that's going to have a team in there, and I'd like to go down and watch him play down in the Baton Rouge area. But I would, uh, I, I just love to watch all of them play. It's a shame that sometimes people have to lose, but it's just an exciting. It's a different atmosphere. It's completely different when you go watch a regular season game than when you watch two teams playing for a state championship. This the environment, the excitement, it's, it's something really, really special. All right, Coach, uh, what's the blast from the past this morning? Well, you know, you you had a spot last week on uh, Coach Leon Barmore and, uh, on, on your television show. It's a great, great spot that you had there on him. And uh, I, I grew up with Leon in Ruston, and I thought maybe, as Paul Harvey said, uh, maybe you'd like to know the rest of the story about oh, Leon Ballmore. Uh, Leon went to Ruston High School, but he did not grow up in the city of Ruston. He grew up outside uh, about 8 or 10 miles north of Ruston in a place called Mineral Springs. And of course, we affectionately call it Pea Ridge over in Ruston. And uh, 
Leon's father worked at the highway department in Ruston, which was not very far from Ruston High School. And after school every day, he would walk over to, to us where his father worked and, of course, and, and go home with his dad. But when they had night games or, or games, not night games, and he would come home late, you know, his dad would already be home. So he would actually have to go out and hitchhike home. And he would get on the highway and, and hitchhike his way back home. Sometimes, though, after we found out he was hitchhiking, people would actually take him home. And I know my dad took him home on several occasions. But every time we'd take him home, we'd take him about, about 8, 10 miles up on, it's actually the Farmville Highway, Highway 33 toward Farmville. And where the Mineral Springs Road, that Farmville Highway intersected, he would always tell us, let him, let him off right there. He said, my home is just right down the street. I'm going to walk down there. And he would never let us turn and go down to Mineral Springs Highway and insisted that we let him off there. Well, we found out later that his home was actually about a mile or so down that road. So even though you hit, he hitchhiked home, he still walked a mile or so to get down there. Now, senior year in high school, he bought a car. It was an old used car, and but it wouldn't start about half the time. And after basketball practice, about half the time, he'd go out to get in his car and it wouldn't start. And back in those days... Everybody had standard shift cars with clutches and so forth. And if you put your foot on the clutch, put the car in gear, and then got the car moving, rolling, somebody would push it or you get it pushing downhill, you'd pop that clutch. And a lot of times it would start the car. And about half of the time after basketball practice, about four or five of us guys would have to go out and get behind Leon's car and push it to get it started, and he'd pop the clutch on it, get it started, and he'd he'd head to the house. So it was kind of a joke. Don't leave basketball practice till we see if Leon's car will start, see if we have to go out and push him off to get it started. Leon was a, he grew up with four, uh, he was a four, four children in his family, and he was the youngest. He had two older brothers and an older sister, and none of those, none of those people went to college. He did not, uh, uh, they, his parents didn't go to college, his, his, his siblings did not go to college. And Leon knew that if he was going to go to college, which that's what he wanted to do, he was going to have to earn a basketball scholarship. And I remember one day at Ruston High School, I was standing with him. It was his senior year, early in his senior year, right by his locker. And he's opened his locker, and I saw a piece of paper stuck to his locker. And I looked at it, and on the top of the paper it said, my four goals for my senior year in high school. Number one was to win a state championship. Number two was to make all state. Number three was to play in the high school all-star game, and number four was to sign a basketball scholarship. Even as a senior in high school, he was setting goals for himself. And he worked and determined and, and worked at basketball more than anybody I've ever seen. One afternoon, it was probably a Sunday afternoon, it was cold, it was drizzling rain, and about three or four of us guys, we got in the car and we were driving around, and one of us said, let's go out and see if we can find Leon's house. None of us really knew where he lived. We knew where we dropped him off on that road, so we knew he lived down that road somewhere. We didn't know. So we drove, got in our car and drove out there, turned down that road, and we went for, like I say, a mile or so, and then all of a sudden, kind of through the woods, you saw a, a driveway and you saw a house down there, and we said, that may be it. So we turned down there, and there was Leon out in his front yard with his coat on, with gloves on, shooting at a basketball goal that was a nail to a tree out in his front yard. Of course, we got out and, and talked to him a little bit, and we went in his yard, in his house, and there in his in his bedroom on a mirror with those four goals he had attached to his mirror, and he told us in. He said, "I'm out here playing basketball in this cold because I'm on a scholarship to play basketball. That's the only way I can go to go to college." 
Well, at the end of the year that year, we did win a state championship. He was named All-State. He got a chance to play in an All-Star game, and he signed a college scholarship, but he signed with Nichols State. A lot of people don't know this. That was the only school that offered him a scholarship, and he signed with Nichols State. Well, it got ready to go to school about August, September, and he got thinking he really did not want to go all the way down to Nichols State to play ball. And word got around, and there were a couple of businessmen in town that actually paid Leon's way to go to Louisiana Tech his freshman year so that he wouldn't have to go all the way to Nichols State. He wasn't on scholarship, but he went out walked on the basketball team at Louisiana Tech. After his first year, Coach Cecil Crowley, who was the coach at Louisiana Tech at that time, did put him on scholarship, and, of course, he ended up playing the next year. He had to sit out his first year because he signed that scholarship with Nichols. Then his, the next year, he played on a freshman team. At that time, the freshman couldn't play on the varsity and had a freshman team, so he played his freshman year on scholarship. And then after that, of course, he played three years of college basketball and then went on to coach. His first coaching job was at Bastrop, and he coached at Bastrop for several years then came down to Ruston, and from Ruston went to Louisiana Tech. But Leon is the most goal-oriented and most competitive person that I that I know. Uh, he would be competitive. If you can't go out and play a friendly game of tennis or golf or something with him, he is going. He's going to do everything in his power to win at anything he does. Uh, I know one guy told me that he took him fishing one time and. He just wanted to relax, and this was back when Leon was adult. He was coaching, and he said, let's just take a day off. Let's just go fishing and relax. And they were out fishing. They hadn't been fishing very long, and Leon asked him, how many fish have you caught? And he said, two. He said, well, I've got one. I've got, I got, we're not leaving until I beat you. We stand out here like I have more fish than you do. You know, it was just a, he was competitive at anything that he did. But uh, I could go on and on and on about Leon Barmore, but what a great guy he is and what a competitor he is. And, he is a self-made person, a self-made coach. He came up from some hard times and really made the best of himself and a great yeah. friend. And, uh, you know, that, as Paul Harvey said, that's the rest of the story on Leon Barmore. Jack, that was well told. That was an incredible story. Thanks for sharing, bud. Well, thank you. I enjoyed doing it. Thank you. Well, y'all let you next week. Have a good trip over there to Frisco, Texas. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I hope the dogs can uh, can play well, and, and maybe we'll stay over for a while. You bet. Jack Thigpen. Joins us every uh, Monday morning around 8 o'clock or so. Of course, discussing the Hall of Famer, Leon Barmore. Humble beginnings. You mean to tell me Nichols had Coach Barmore? <laughs> yes, yes. It was too far, man. Too far. Ah, uh, Nichols got the shaft. Yeah. Now, the story could have been completely different. Could have been completely different. Yeah. The Colonels. Yeah. Taking them away from my Colonels. Hey, how about nailing a basketball goal to the tree? Yes. <laughs> That's you millennials would know nothing that, about that. You're right. You're right. I'll admit that. That's some dedication right there. <laughs> he was talking about the stories of dropping somebody off, dropping Leo Barmore off on the bus, and then having to, you know, he'd have to run or walk right. to, to his house. It reminds me back in the days when I was growing up in Iowa. It'd be the same thing. I'd get dropped off and be like an, a mile and a half, two miles from my house on a gravel road. But the bus, it would take off, and, you know, I'd take running off the bus like I was running so hard. Everybody would be watching me. As soon as they got past the trees, I'd start walking. <laughs> Kids would always be like, man, you run all the way home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in great shape. In my blue jeans after baseball practice. <laughs> That's the difference between me and Leon Barmore. Yeah. <laughs> One he, he wouldn't have stopped. Yes. He would have kept going. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. 
Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. Don't miss out on huge savings as we celebrate our 40th birthday. Wow, 40 years since my dad founded our company. Prices have never been better during our celebration. See us today at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City for your new home. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. 4-H has been providing young people with a safe and positive learning environment for more than a century. And today, 4-H remains at the forefront of positive youth development. 4-H is the only youth organization where members can tailor their activities to fit their personal interests, goals, and dreams. 4-H gives youth opportunities to try out their interests and practice their skills through 4-H's Learn by Doing philosophy. Every 4-H member learns citizenship, leadership, and life skills while they better themselves, their communities, their country, and their world. Call the 4-H office at 318-251-5134. Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, we got a couple texts here. You want to go through them? Let's do it. Richie says, in response to me asking whether or not the top ten bucket lists would, would work on the radio, Richie says, well, actually, that one could work. You're giving destinations, not something you would physically have to see to understand. You should be good as long as you don't seek out a video that shows the venue. Yeah. That's that's Richie for you, giving you a little, little sass. Like uh, Shane says, you should have got a whooping for watching Duke on TV unless it's against Carolina and you're rooting for Carolina. Mm. I'm a Duke guy. Mm. Go Blue Devils. Um, Blake, who seems to be a Tennessee fan, says, how about them Vols? Picked 13th and won a share of the SEC title. It is pretty amazing that them and Auburn uh, shared an SEC title. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Uh, Dwayne says, uh, weather permitting tonight, Haynesville is uh, hosting Darbon Woods at J.C. Love Field. I love this now with the opportunity for the high school teams to go in and play on a college field like that and the things that they've done to J.C. Love Field. It's a win-win situation for the high schools and, of course, Louisiana Tech. For sure, for sure. All right, you want to go through these odds? Yeah, so, so we're getting ready to start the, the conference tournaments, and uh, you can crunch the numbers, and there are a number of guys out there that do it well, and how they come up with the formula and how they come to these percentages, who knows? But uh, it's certainly fun to examine what are the odds of uh, Louisiana Tech, ULM, or LSU advancing to the NCAA tournament. I will, full disclosure, this is, what, 18th basketball season here in Northeast Louisiana. Since I've been here, have yet to cover ULM, Louisiana Tech, or Grambling in the big dance. When is that streak ever going to come to an end? Well, if you're buying into these, you know what's sad is it could have ended this year if Grambling would have been eligible. 
you know. But if you're buying into these stats, it's not going to come this year either. Yeah. All right. So or who, odds, who do you want to start? According, who's this according to? Ken Pomeroy. And how he came about, we have no idea, but uh, the numbers are staggering. The numbers are staggering. All right. Um, let's start with ULM okay. because this is the most staggering to me. They are the number six seed. They have shown the ability to beat everybody in the conference except for ULL. So they have a 57.8% chance to get to the quarters. This according to Ken Pomeroy. 17.8% chance to get to the semis, 4.8% chance to get to the finals, and a 0.9% chance to be the champions. Less than 1% for a team yes. that was one of the hottest teams in the area. Yeah. For very, I know they cooled off a little bit yeah. since then, but still, yeah. that run that 0.9%. they went on. 0.9%. And, and against good teams, yeah. too. They won games against good teams in that conference. Yeah. And so you're giving them 0.9% chance. That, by the way, is worst among LSU and Louisiana Tech. Uh, the Cajuns in the Sun Belt Conference, according to him, the odds of them winning the tournament are at 45%. So, Louisiana Tech, let's go there. 56% chance to get to the quarters. 14.6, what a drop off. 14.6% chance to get to the semis. 4% chance to get to the finals, and 1.3% chance to win it all. And what's weird about Louisiana Tech's numbers is the number 10 seed, they actually are getting better odds than some of the seeds ranked ahead of them. Yeah, they're getting some love. In this. Yeah. Not that much love at 1.3% well, well, chance to win it but, all. But, you know, you compare it to ULM, who was yeah. a higher seed and, yeah. you know, has had a, a better couple, a better last month than, than Tech. So ULM's at 0.9. Louisiana Tech is at 1.3%. I can only imagine what LSU's at. LSU's got better than both of those. LSU will be a 10 seed. They'll be squaring off against uh, Mississippi State, correct, in the first round? Correct. I think that's probably why they're getting some pretty good odds because they just whooped Mississippi State. So they got a 51.7% chance of getting to the quarters, 14.9% chance to get to the semis, 5.7% chance to get to the finals, and then a 1.9% chance to be champion. So it's not a great odds. It's still very bad odds when you compare it to the other two. Uh, I think the reason for that also is just the, the parity in the SEC. It seems like anybody can kind of go down. Auburn and Tennessee were clearly the best throughout the year. But when you go through Florida to, uh, I'd say, all the way to really South Carolina and Georgia, any of those teams can beat each other. And so I think that's what's going to make for a pretty chaotic and fun SEC tournament. If I'm Keith Rashard or Eric Conkle, I put the 0.9 of the 1.3%. I put that on the bulletin. Yes, indeed. Or if I'm Keith Rashard, they make a run at this thing, have some T-shirts made up, 0.9. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. The I mean, ultimate Cinderella story. Exactly. And you can, yeah, sell some shirts. <laughs> sell some shirts to people. Point zero. You'd have to get the word out, too, that you're selling the shirts. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Shots fired, of course. 0.9% ULM's chances of going to the big dance this year. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. It would be awesome to see, though. Yeah. So we'll see how this plays out. Of course, much more coming on uh, Tech, LSU, and uh, ULM basketball this week as they get ready for postseason play. As we mentioned, uh, the Tigers are not eligible for the postseason play. But a pretty cool scene this past weekend as they celebrated their first winning season since 05-06 and their first SWAC championship in 30 years. No doubt. Very cool to see. Something to build on.
Uh, biggest takeaways from this weekend, and uh, we mentioned a number of them over uh, the course of the 7 o'clock hour. What Shaquem Griffin did at the NFL Combine continues to blow me away. Very impressive at this 40 time, and of course the bench press with 20 reps at 225, the former Central Florida linebacker. I kind of want to read the text. We shouldn't, but I kind of want to read the text that we got. Uh, Delhi Grills celebrating that state championship, the third ever. The others coming in 70 and 73. Zach Hess and, of course, uh, Louisiana Tech baseball Ooh. on Friday night. Wow. That Red was hot. the way to start the weekend. That was the way to start the weekend, and we've also got a few texts about ULM and Tech since you know the show started. People were looking forward to that baseball game this week, and it's because – you know, Tech and ULM and LSU, you throw them in there. They all three had really good weekends. And Grambling won a series Grambling in the SWAC. Well. So overall, baseball-wise, a very, very good weekend. And now we look forward to Wednesday night as uh, the Diamond Dogs make the trip over to Warhawk Field. The crowd, the game, didn't. I don't think it actually lived up to the hype. Wasman Carroll. Wasman jumps mm-hmm. out to a big lead. Carroll comes storming back down by 21. They tie it up. Ultimately, the Wildcats pull away. Casey Jones and Wasman heading back to the semifinals. What he has done in three years, pretty darn impressive. Yeah, I kind of argue differently, Aaron. I think it did. It wasn't the best game of the year. It wasn't even close. But it was very fun to see Carroll make that run in the third quarter and tie the game up in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, Wasman pulls away. But you, you had the whole storyline of, man, this looks like it's going to be a blowout. Jalen Nett can't miss from three-point land. And then Carroll, a whole new Carroll team comes out of halftime, and they just take it to Wasman. And then – Wasman pulls away at the end, makes the plays down the stretch, and again, third straight year to get to the state tournament. For Casey Jones to do that in his three years at Wasman, wow, what a job. So I'm flipping around on Sunday. Well, actually, this is the beauty of Twitter. You're on Twitter, and you hear about Justin Thomas and what he's doing at the World Golf Championships, and they show the shot on 18th where he holes out for an eagle, a walk-off eagle to take the lead in the tournament, and then you understand he went off a little bit early because of his first two opening rounds. So I flip it over there, NBC. Then you get to watch Phil Mickelson. He's making a run at winning his first tournament since 2013 when he won the British Open. So after 97 starts on the PGA Tour, he goes into a playoff with Justin Thomas, and Mickelson ends up winning the tournament. Pretty good, especially because Phil's about the same age as me. I think he's 47. <laughs> You're like, he's still hanging with the kids. Lefty's still got it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see him win that. It was great. Yeah. Another takeaway I have from this Oh, weekend. the other. I, mean, I don't even know if you saw this. Uh, in, during that tournament. So they're in the playoff, and uh, the par three, and Thomas puts it over the green. So he's checking out what he's got to do, and he's by his ball. Some idiot cameraman, once again, giving us a bad name, uh, tries to sneak out in front of Thomas, and he literally almost steps on Justin Thomas's ball. No. Yeah. What did Justin Thomas do? He stuck his arm out to block him. A little forearm shiver? Yeah. And then, of course, then everybody has to dissect. And, of course, the, oh, did that throw, throw off his of game? Course, yeah. Thomas afterwards says that maybe it would have been better if he would have stepped on it. And then, of course, he would have got a, the drop. Hmm. Might have got a better lot. Hmm. So I did not see that camera person around after that event took place. Uh, so. prob- I was yeah. looking for him. Yeah, I bet you were. Uh, <laughs> he was in one of those uh, can I get away moments. One more quick headline from the weekend. Had some uh, pretty good stuff happen in combat sports. Deontay Wilder, the boxer, got knocked out with the uppercut. Uh, he, he really was the star of social media Saturday night, I would say. Everybody was tweeting about him. And then Brian Ortega in UFC actually knocked out Frankie Edgar. First time Frankie Edgar's ever been stopped. Shocked me. I'm a big Frankie Edgar fan. So you watched that event instead of going to a wedding, correct? 
<laughs> yes. Nice. Hey, I get out of it You're sometimes. Pretty good. No, no, I, pre- I am pretty good. No love yeah. for Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley also. Uh, he's an upcoming guy. He I, he didn't break his foot. The, the I think, I think he had like negative. a small fracture or something. Maybe. Okay, small fracture. He kicked uh, uh, Andre Sukumtot in the head, and when he did so, it seemed to have had a, suffered a small fracture. He couldn't stand on his le- on his leg, and so. He ended up going to the ground, and Andre Sukumtot should have made him stand up and would have won the fight, but instead laid on him. He survived the fight, but uh, his po- he won the fight. He won two rounds, and his post-fight interview, Joe Rogan had to interview him while he was laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Won the fight, but he's an exciting fighter. Uh, he's he's going to be a star in the UFC. Tabor and Martin are not doctors. They just play it on radio. That's right. 888-993-7762. Nick White joins us after the break. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, You'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back. To the morning drive, Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. We find the voice of the Warhawks, Nicholas White. What up, Nick? Uh, good morning. How, how are you guys? Yeah, we're doing fantastic. Got a good night's rest. Uh, didn't have to stay up late and watch that Boeing Oscar, so uh, we're revved up and raring to go today. Was that on last night? Yeah, it certainly was. Until you I, I, tell, I tell you what, I watched last night, and it, it never. It never disappoints. I promise I've probably watched it at least a hundred times. Oh. And and I still laugh. I mean I'm sitting there laughing until eleven o'clock last night. Dumb and dumber. I mean it just Oh yeah. I just right. I mean just I mean, every time I watch it I still pick up on something I miss, you miss something every time. Like, oh my goodness. It just it might be the best comedy of all time. It's just well, tremendous. There's a classic line in there, and this is an easy segue for ULM basketball. The line being, so you're saying there's a chance. 
We just gave the statistics. It's by who, Jake? Ken, Ken Pomeroy. He has Ken Pomeroy. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. No, I've seen of, it, yeah. Of ULM to win the tournament, uh, the conference tournament, 0.9%. Well, now let me say this. Ken, Ken, Ken Palm is, 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 a, is an analytical guy, and he's very good. But um, I think that, that ULM has defied the odds all season long. So um, – here, here's what I'll tell you. Um, I emptied the closet yesterday. Um, I'm taking uh, every suit slash sport coat that, uh, that that I can fit into uh, with me to New Orleans. That's five. Of course, I have a, uh, a women's game tomorrow. I'm heading out to New Orleans here in just a bit. So, uh, you know, I'm taking taking five with me. Uh, in anticipation for hopefully a, a long stay in New Orleans. I, I believe these guys can make a run. I really do. Um, I think the bracket actually uh, comes out in good favor for those guys. And, uh, you look at their side of the bracket, they have beaten every team uh, that is on their side of the bracket. And so um, Saturday, uh, except for the team they're facing, and, and i got to think uh, in Arkansas State and yeah, I, I got to think that um, the stars are going to align. I mean, let, let's look at, at just the two matchups against Arkansas State. The first matchup, um, Arkansas State only had eight fouls called on them the entire ball game. I'm not talking about first half. I'm talking about the entire ball game in Jonesboro. Um, Arkansas State shot 30 free throws. ULM shot five. Did not shoot a free throw. Until the four-minute mark, uh, ULM didn't shoot a free throw until the four-minute mark of the ball game in Jonesboro. Uh, uh, Arkansas State made 25 free throws there in Jonesboro, and uh, ULM, I think, uh, shot five, made four. So lost the ball game up there by 11, dominated every statistical category up there except for that. So, um it is what it is on that one. And then you look at Saturday. Um, they came out, uh, got up nine to nothing uh, there, got out, hit three straight threes. Uh, coach calls a timeout. They burn up the net 61% there in the first half. Wow, you're down 18. Um, I never doubted this team would come back. And um, sure enough, they came back and actually had a four-point lead there in the second half and uh, had had the opportunities there. And, um, a bad final four minutes uh, there in the second half. Um, and Arkansas State, to their credit, um, you know, took advantage of the opportunity. So um, they didn't get the bye. They had that opportunity there in front of them. But, um, you know, you look at it like this. Had they gotten the bye, um, they, they would have been on the same side as ULL. You avoid them potentially. If you get that far to the championship game, uh, you avoid UTA. Uh, which has an NBA player in Kevin Hervey. Uh, they're a dangerous team. They're on that side of the bracket. Um, so uh, I'm sure they've regrouped. Um, that's probably what Coach is telling them right now. And, uh, you know, get down to New Orleans, get get back refocused, and uh, get a little payback in the rematch with Arkansas State. We'll hear from uh, Coach Richard later in the week. It's got to be a little bit of concern, though, Nick. Uh, this team hasn't exactly played that well over the course of the last two weeks. They haven't, and it, well, except for the second half there on Saturday, they kind of found their groove again. And um, 
So, so that that actually, you know, has me feeling a little bit better about this team. I, I, I would, uh, I'd be lying if I tell you that there wasn't some concern um, even after Thursday. But let me tell you this now: you know, Little Rock went down to the Cajun Dome and beat ULL on, on Saturday night, mm, wow. eliminating eliminating their opportunity, any hopes of an at-large bid. Now, uh, I think that dropped them. Going into that game, they were like at thirty. 735 in the RPI. I, was, I still don't think they would have gotten an, an at-large uh, because, you know, they're, they're not going to get it. But that limit, that drops them down to like 65. So it's not going to happen. So um, so may, maybe maybe that Little Rock team found a little spark or found something that's working for them on this little road swing. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a team to watch out for in the 12 seed down there in New Orleans. You, know, you never they know. They play an but, ugly um, style. There's, they're, they're playing and, and, ugly don't style forget, they, they do, but don't forget, I mean, Coach told you last what, – what did Coach tell you guys last week? He told me the same thing. These two teams scare him, right? Yeah. He, he told me that. I know he told you guys that on Wednesday as well. Um, well, I think he, he proved right. I mean, you know, these guys – these coaches watch film. They, they track these teams. They know what they're talking about. And um, there was there – was, significant cause for concern for both of those teams coming in here this week and uh i think if you were at the games uh, you saw those two teams come in there and play um you saw that that they were coached up they were hungry and um and they wanted to play ball just like uh, ulm wanted to and uh so uh you know all that being being said i think this tournament is wide open down there i've seen every team play um i've followed every team uh, you know, uh, know 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 the teams very well. Um, know know the people involved with the teams uh, very well. You know, a lot of our on my colleague, my broadcast colleagues, we we text you know and, and talk about our teams, and um, we all feel like you know it's 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 anybody's ball game. I know the numbers say uh, ULL is, is is the favorite, and I guess they should be. But I think Saturday night probably proved, hey, you know. Anybody can go down there and, and knock off somebody. So, uh, you know, let's get down there and, and let the chips fall where they may. And then maybe we can get those T-shirts working at 0.9%. They can defy the odds. Hey, uh, just making out a schedule, if you're an optimistic fan, uh, when is the championship game for the Sunbelt Conference? Sunday at 1 p.m. Nice. All right. Uh, UL and baseball continue to turn a lot of heads and raise some eyebrows. They go on the road after losing a midweek game to Jackson State. And they come back with a sweep. They are now nine and two overall. How about that, Nick White? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I was texting with with Coach Fed all weekend long, and uh, you know, and he, he's he's you know he's he's obviously you know realistic about things, and uh, but he's excited too. I mean, these guys deserve some some success, and I believe I, I went you know and, and have told y'all guys uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, these these guys that were returning um, wanted to prove something and um, prove they were better than what they were said they were and um, I, I knew they were um, and I think they knew that they were as well and are better than than what uh, was said about them and, and what they proved what 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 their record showed last year and so uh, you're three weekends in and you're three wins away from matching your win total from last year that's remarkable. Um, and I don't care, you know, who you're playing. Baseball is, is a funny game, and uh, you come out uh, starting out the season at nine and two on the year, and and you had one game washed out as part of that as well. Um, 
you know, very impressive. Great start. Uh, as good of a start as you could dream uh, there for, for Coach Fed. So happy for him. They put a lot of work in there. He's got a great staff, a great group of guys that have really bought in there. And, um, you know, that, that was a happy uh, long trip back for them, I'm sure. they they got to get some rest. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that, that basketball plays uh, at the same time, uh, obviously, down in New Orleans. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, that'll that'll take away from the crowd. But uh, you know, as far as just maybe maybe from from an interest perspective, uh, people may be paying attention to, to basketball while while baseball is going on, or, or vice versa. But um, for me, you know, I'll obviously be be on the basketball call, and um, and I'll be trying to pay attention as much as I can via live stats uh, if if they're working uh, to be able to uh, check up on that and, and see what's going on in that ball game. But uh, Hopefully it's a festive atmosphere. Hopefully Mother Nature will, will cooperate. I haven't looked at the weather uh, that far in advance. But, uh, you know, Wednesday should be fun, and uh, hopefully that continues to uh, create a spark and uh, adds a little buzz to, uh, to a midweek contest there on Wednesday night. Appreciate it, Nick. It's going to be a busy week, but hopefully an exciting and a long weekend for you down in New Orleans. Real quick, you guys are talking about venues. I've been to one. It's still the, it's the best I've ever been to, Fog Allen. Tremendous guys. Uh, I was there for Andrew Wiggins' uh, debut uh, back in 2013, and uh, you know I've never been to Duke, but uh, they have something similar there uh, where they camp out, and uh, we actually walk through um, walk walk through uh, their little village as well, and then they've got uh, before the game they had. Uh, you know, a string of students lining out. And they're they're waiting on the bus. They're tapping the bus as you're riding in and um, get into the arena. And then they open the doors and they're 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 running to their seats to try to get in there. And uh, it's an old building, um, sold out. Andrew Wiggins' debut. You all then cut that thing to four points, 15 minutes to go in the second half. And uh, I promise you, uh, I swear to you, um, it's the loudest place I've ever been a part of in in my either fan or broadcasting career it was so loud i could not hear myself talk in my headset that's how loud it got and uh so uh it's number one in my book uh i, I would love to go to duke uh you know someday and, and others but uh that, that's a tremendous place to to go and either watch or broadcast the ball game tell keith to work on that as a money game for next year I don't. I don't know if you can. Maybe in a couple of you. I think you kind of schedule, schedule might be uh, kind of those things kind of done pretty well in advance. But uh, maybe in a couple of years you can pull that off. Appreciate it, Nick. All right, guys. Thanks. And nine and two, uh, ULM's baseball team is off to their best start since uh, the Warhawks opened their 2000 season, ten and one. Speaking of that first uh, that that sweep against uh, Southern Illinois. It was actually their first sweep since uh, 2012 versus uh, their, those dirty cages. Wow. Yeah, May of 2012. So uh, I think that's what we're going to do this week is top ten bucket lists. Um, are we going to include things that we've actually been to, or is this just straight up what we want? want it would probably be a short list if they're just things that we've been to. <laughs> Not really, man. Not for me. There's a uh, lot that I haven't scratched off. Ooh, wow. Yeah. You go, millennial. Well. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll play well. I, I think we've actually got 
it lined up through the rest of the month with March Madness. We'll have some March Madness topics. So fun. you're just taking the listeners out of the equation. At, for, you know what? Uh, I, I asked you, I said, should we let them vote on it? You said, don't put anything in their hands. <laughs> and I'm quoting you word for word. I try to throw Jake under the bus, and he returns the favor. That's right. 888-993-7762. Parting shots coming up after the break. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb with a very important message. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car in the tracks, you're right, it will, about a mile after it hits you, which surprisingly happens more than you think to people who try and beat trains across the tracks. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. So next time you see a train approaching, don't try and beat it, because statistics show you might lose. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Football's over. Some teams just couldn't get it together. Now they're trying to figure out what went wrong. Too bad they couldn't use AutoZone's Fix Finder tool. When your check engine light comes on, the Fix Finder tool helps you troubleshoot the problem for free. So you can fix it right the first time. You can even get a list of repair shops if you need it. And it's one more way that AutoZone helps your tax refund go further. So stop in today and get in the zone. AutoZone. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly cloudy with a 70% chance of rain today and a high of 75 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of rain on tonight, a low 45. Plenty of sunshine with warmer temperatures on tomorrow and a high of 68 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Been a fun show. Bill Rabouchier uh, joined us in the 7 o'clock hour telling us about his adventures in uh, Duke and North Carolina. Jack Thigpen with some great stories and, of course, uh, breaking down the dogs' chances in the Conference USA tournament. Just minutes ago, Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, joined us to talk a little ULM athletics. That now leads us into our party shots. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've done packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. All right, I'll go first, Jake. The New Orleans <clears throat> flu <clears throat> will sometimes get the best of people, right? Sure. Has it ever uh, caught you, the flu, from New Orleans? Honestly, I've never caught the flu ever. 
and I'm knocking on wood. You're not. You totally miss. I understand what I'm talking I understand about. what you're saying. Okay. Have I ever you, went to New Orleans had the flu and had at all? I never had the flu at all. Oh, you just jinxed yourself. I know I did. But uh, no, have I ever been to New Orleans and acted a fool? Not a fool, a flu. You get the flu down there. <sighs> no, I've never all been right, on a business this millennial trip. Down doesn't there. I've never been on a business trip down okay. there. Uh, that's sad. Yeah, put that on your bucket list. <laughs> a business trip to New Orleans? When you go to New Orleans. You know, I typically go to have fun. All right. This is off to a horrible start. Thanks for ruining my party show. Well, that's what I'm here for. All right. So seven Cal State Fullerton baseball players missed curfew Saturday night. Uh, they stayed out a little late out in New Orleans, so they come down with, we think, the flu. And they're unable to play. They're suspended for the game versus Tulane. Their team ends up uh, losing to Tulane 9-3. to uh, when the coach is going to make a bed checks, they're nowhere to be found. So he suspended those seven players for the game. And to add insult to it, instead of just letting them sit in the dugout and kind of, you know, be still part of the team, he said, oh, no. You guys are going to have to sit in the bleachers in full uniform by the right field pole. His quote, Vanderhoek said, I wanted them to be fully embarrassed. So sitting there amongst the Tulane fans. Sadly, though, for Cal State Fullerton, uh, he was literally going. The, the school didn't release who the suspended players were, but if you could just take note of who was sitting out there in the stands, it probably didn't take <laughs> in a, your eye team to figure this thing no. out. So it included their uh, second baseman, their starter, their left fielder, and their center fielder. And then they were required to run sprints before and after the game on the field. And then there's a hill there by the stadium. They also had to do wind sprints up and down that hill. Man. And I'm sure if some Tulane fans were still lingering around, I'm sure they gave him a hard time about it. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, coach was asked about, you know, can you just blame it on New Orleans and, of course, the appealing nightlife. His response, Vanderhoek said, we play in Hawaii. Hawaii's a pretty cool place if you've never been. Las Vegas is pretty sweet. They had a good amount of time. They didn't get in on time. It just so happens that I was doing the checking. Unfortunately, then that meant that they had to end the game with three pitchers on the field, one of them being uh, their closer. He played in the field for the first time in his college career. He started in right field. He actually went one for four with a uh, single. He ended up the game by playing at first base. He said a couple players were asked to go in the field and, and play, and they declined. He said they hadn't played uh, in a position since high school. Hmm. Yeah, well, crazy game. And I like the fact that the, the coach, Vanderhoek, was so forthcoming with this information. Yeah, it's, it's, he wanted to embarrass his kids. Yeah. He certainly did that. Yeah. Have you ever had the flu in New Orleans? Yes, Aaron? man. Yes, I have. Okay. I should have just said that next time. I'll, I'll just make it up. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so my parting shot is about the Ranger head coach, Sean Shields. Uh, he had a really good clip that's been getting around on social media. He, he talked about, first of all, they won the 3A state championship. They beat Madison Prep in overtime 42-38. to 38. So he came to the podium pretty emotional. I don't know his past. Like, I don't know uh, what trouble he might have got in or if, if it was, you know, anything that was, that's actually been reported on or not. I actually did a quick Google search. Couldn't find anything. But uh, this was his statement after the win. I thought it was pretty cool. I made a promise whether we win or we lost today that uh, I was going to give glory to Jesus, okay? Because, and I know a lot of people say that, but I'm going to tell you why. 
I thank Jesus for a life of restoration for a coach who became very arrogant and prideful and became flippid with my responsibilities and my duties as a coach, not just to teach basketball, but for my kids to see me interact as a, as a Christian husband, as a Christian daddy. Um, I was real flippant with that. And by my own demise, the Lord brought me to a place to humble me. Um, it was, and then just brought me out once I had some character issues that were worked out. And I just thank Jesus for a life of restoration for second chances. I thank him for that because these ladies in front of you, uh, they get the, the, the good coach shields, not the old one. Uh, and I still have a lot, of, a lot of growing left to do. And I, and I think they'll be the first to tell you that, that I make a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've got myself in hot water for trying to lead them in the right direction and overstepping my boundaries in terms of what I said, in terms of my Christianity and my faith. But I don't hold my tongue for that now. On this platform, they need to know why I'm here. And it's all, be, it's all because of Jesus. I was waiting tables for two and a half years during that period that I was being humbled and just had no idea what the Lord had in store for me. And so here we are. Yeah, uh, That's a serious one. This, my next part and shot is not so serious and it has nothing to do with sports. I just had to bring it up because this has been something I've been glued to a lot on social media this past weekend. I, I showed it to you. So there's a tweet uh, from Munchies. Yeah. They tweeted out an article saying, why is Brooklyn Barbecue taking over the world? Did you know that was the case? I didn't know that was the yeah. case. In the picture that they posted, there looks to be um, – Is that a kid's plate? <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks to be a normal-sized tray, but it looks to be two Hawaiian rolls, yeah. first of all. Uh, looks to be, I would say, maybe six or seven strands of brisket yeah. and then a carton full of two pickles. Yeah. And that is the picture they showed at this play that Brooklyn's taking over barbecue. If you haven't seen it, look it up on Twitter. God, it's so funny. The comments from people just roasting them uh, have, have been just so enjoyable for me. I, you know, people are sending pictures of real barbecue from, like, Kansas City. And Kansas City, Missouri, their Twitter handle actually retweeted said, I don't think this is barbecue. You come to Kansas City, we'll show what real barbecue is. But anyway, this is raw. Munchies had to know what they were doing posting this picture with this article. Like, I mean, they certainly got you know a lot of exposure through it. But uh, I think they threw this Brooklyn place under the bus with that picture. Mm. It reminds me of the time uh, last spring we were down in Texas and we were going to the oldest barbecue place in the state of uh, Texas. So we walked through there and, you know, there's no prices anywhere. And I saw these big ribs. They're the size of dinosaurs. I was like, well, heck, I got to have two of those. Yeah. You know, we run up to the, the counter because it's one of those walkthrough deals and they ring it up. And I'm like, holy smokes. And then we sit down and the wife said, man, those ribs are huge. How much were they? And I didn't even want to tell her. Uh-oh. They were $38 a rib. No. <laughs> How big were they? They were huge. They're like dinosaurs. But literally, at $38. They were like dinosaurs. They were like 38 bucks. At some point, I was like, a rib. I was like, this is not, I did not get a good deal here. <laughs> the worst. I would like to see a rib that big. Yeah, it was. I got a picture of it somewhere. I'll show yeah, it to yeah, you. It's a, it wasn't worth it, though. Mm. So I took a lot of grief for the rest of the weekend well, after that. that's why Brooklyn Barbecue's taking over Can you over imagine the, the steak you could have had? Oh, yeah, for 38 bucks. Heck yeah. For one rib. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you spent, what, 70-something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes. Yeah.
Horrible. All right, uh, we got a big day coming up tomorrow. Gus Kattengill will join us. Uh, Eric Conkle for his weekly visit as the dogs get ready for the conference tournament. And I know we'll have a couple other surprises along the way. Ooh, surprises. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. See you. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.